Every time I eliminated something and every time I kept on trying to stick on my plan, I was binge eating. That I couldn't stop and I couldn't control. That had me crying. That had me shameful. That had me embarrassed. I would go out and teach my class and just pray no one would know what's really going on in the inside. Totally controlled my life. Welcome to Hope to Recharge podcast. Thank you for joining me here again today. Every week we meet here to break the stigma around mental health and to bring you insight and inspiration and lots of practical tips from personal stories or professionals around the world that share how they turn their journey of mental health into healing or to thriving. Together we will break the stigma one story at a time. In mental health together is always better. Thank you for joining me here today. I'm your host, Matana. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com, the leading online platform for therapy. You can access thousands of therapists one click away. Go check out BetterHelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. Get 10% off your first month. Start your wellness now. Do you sometimes feel stuck? Do you wish you can be somewhere else? Do you have a vision of where you want to get to, but you just don't know what the first step to take in order to get to that life that you're dreaming of? Many people ask me, what did I do in order to create this wellness that I'm living in? How did I shift from deep depression, from extreme anxiety to a thriving life, to a productive life, to a life full of joy? I put many things into practice and it's every single day. Many of you know that it's gratitude, a healthy mindset, boundaries, self-love, and one of the most important things that many people don't speak about, forgiveness. Self-forgiveness and forgiveness to others. Essential for healing. If you want to work one-on-one with me in order to move forward towards that dream life that you have a vision of, click the link below in the show notes. It's a custom-made program for you, one-on-one with me. We will develop a concrete program that you can implement in your life so you can create a better well-being. Click the link below. Looking forward to working with you. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me here again on Hope to Recharge podcast. We are still in the month of January, going strong, breaking the stigma on mental health by teens, adolescents, and youth. What an important topic. I think we're going to continue in February just because there's so much to say on this topic and so much needed attention. A lot of work on breaking the stigma needs to be done with this topic. Today, I have a fun conversation, an uplifting conversation. She is all about self-love, falling in love with yourself so you don't fall into deep depression of mental health crises when it's unnecessary, how to avoid it, and if you're in it, how to get out of it. Sari Donna, her mission is to help and encourage females, no matter what age you are, to fall in love yourself, your self-image, fall in love with yourself, know who you are, no matter what people might think about you, you need to fall in love with yourself. Sarah used to be a fitness instructor, and after many years of dieting and working out and starving herself to look like a certain image, she threw out all of her books on fitness and diet and she churned it all around into self-love and acceptance. If you have a teenager at home, let them listen to this. It's important. It might change their life forever. Enjoy this listen. 
It's really my passion to inspire and empower girls and women to believe in their whole self. And when we don't have the sense of our body image complete with the whole self, then it's not complete. Sometimes like we could feel, yeah, we're really good in school and we get really great grades. But if we look in the mirror, we're not happy with who we see. It's incomplete. It's really important that we create a whole entire picture of ourselves and love ourselves unconditionally, no matter what, no matter how we look, no matter about the test grades. I know a lot of the teens have a lot of that everyday worry of school and tests and I think a lot of it is normal but what became really high up there on the scale how you mentioned is perfectionism trying to look a certain way trying to get an ideal body image that is unattainable trying to be perfect in all ways trying to step up on social media to get those likes and thumbs up it's a fake perceived perception of reality and We have a lot to work with right now. The good news is that we really have a lot of tools right now that we never had before. And I think that educators and schools and parents are yearning for this knowledge. They want it more than ever. Parents tell me all the time, please take my kids, teach my kids what to do. And I think, as you said, the good news is that we hit rock bottom in society. The society realized, okay, all this fake that's going on damaged our youth and damaged us even as adults. I'm not gonna just say the youth, as adults. The suicide rate is going up even though mental health awareness is more than ever in history. And the suicide rates are going up. Shouldn't it be going down? So there's a correction being done. And what the good part is that the correction is saying, okay, as you said, we're yearning. We wanna educate our children. We wanna educate our mentors, our teachers give it to us and we're ready to be imperfect. We're ready to accept that we're imperfect people, but it takes reprogramming. I remember I spoke to the huge psychiatrist when it comes to trauma and I think he's a therapist of trauma. And he says that the world is really relearning and it takes a few years until we see the results. So now we're just, we're implementing. We don't see the results yet. And what you're doing you're implementing, you're starting to implement that hopefully within a few years, we'll see the youth, the adults that are coming out, they're okay. They're loving themselves. They are authentic humans and they could be of service to themselves and to others and we're creating a better world. Absolutely. Tikkun olam. And I think that's what it's about. Everybody putting in a little bit of what they can to make the world a better place. I've already seen a little bit of improvement. When I started this whole acceptance thing, this whole self-love thing, I got a lot of feedback negative. What do you mean? A lot of pushback. What do you mean? You're trying to build a fat community or an unhealthy community or someone that that doesn't fit the mold. What, What are you doing to our kids? And I really worked hard on the education part of it. And that's really Really where I like to put everything in that educating on what health really is and that health does not come in one shape a skinny person could be unhealthy a fat person could be unhealthy and vice versa I also put in that fat is not a bad word fat shaming is real when kids go to school in the morning and if they don't have the body that they're supposed to have they could get body shamed and that could set them back. And I know this for a fact because I have clients who are really having a hard time. They feel bad about themselves for 
ever because of the way their body looks. It's so important that we start putting in more diversity, more body image shapes, more different, wide, skinny, tall, thin, and that it has nothing to do with our self-worth. It has nothing to do with what we're contributing to the world. 95% of our being is invisible. Our thoughts, our feelings, our energy, those are things no one can see. But yet for decades and decades, we've been focusing on the 5% that we could see. When we put it in that light, we have something else to work on right now. It's always been about the tighter abs and the skinny legs and the clothes we're buying. I still love to buy clothes and wear fashion, but now I know the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I work on my inner being first. And that's the first thing I, I teach to all my students in whatever the age they are. You work on your inner being first and then the outer being. And then you make healthy choices based when you're healthy, when your inner being is healthy, you make healthy choices for your body. It's a byproduct. Exactly. I think we didn't, we were not educated. As you said, we weren't, we didn't know. So let, I want to take you back a little yes. bit, Sari. Give me a little background. Uh, why did you get into this? What was so fascinating to you? And what made you say, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to increase self-love, acceptance. I want to stop with this body shaming and reduce this whole, I, a, a lot of mental illness with food disorder, with eating disorders that come out of shame. Everything you're asking is so powerful. And I love sharing my story because I think a lot of people could relate to it. Though, as you hear it, there's a lot of letting go involved in it. So I started off as a fitness instructor and I would have a hundred people in my class, literally, and working really hard and sweating. And I always taught inspiring classes based around fitness. Over the years, I started to learn about health coaching, which is great. Everything all great and smooth. Little by little, I started to recognize different types of diets and different type of detoxes and things that we should eliminate to get healthier. This all came from a good space to be healthy. And every time I eliminated something and every time I kept on trying to stick on my plan to be healthy or to lose weight at different times of my life, it was for different reasons. I was binge eating, binge eating that I couldn't stop and I couldn't control, that had me crying, that had me shameful, that had me embarrassed. I would go out and teach my class and just pray no one would know what's really going on in the inside or I knew like my binge would happen a lot on the weekends. So I'd make sure not to teach my class on Monday so I could get over it. it. It totally controlled my life. I was afraid to travel. I didn't want to leave my kitchen because that's where I had all my stuff. And here's the kicker. It was taught to me, restrictive eating through diets that people call healthy, that people call lifestyles. These are plans that nutritionists and zero person to blame, but this is what nutritionists had learned, here is what you should eat. At one o'clock eat this, at five o'clock eat that. You should have, I'm just gonna go through different types of things that happened in my life and I'm sure it happened in many others. Have 50, 50, 50, 30, 30, 30. Um, count your carbs, count your almonds, count your sugar. Eliminate this and eliminate that. Go on Whole30, go on keto. Go. I did it all in the name of health and wellness. That's where this gets wrong. But yet I'm binging, that's not healthy, that's not healthy feeling trapped in my brain and in my mind, 
that's not healthy. And then I started to learn about that 95% of my being that I told you about. Just like that on my own, I just started to read books about acceptance and read books about our inner self, things about messaging, that everything we know is messaging from when we're brought up. And it's not exactly always the best message, things that even people who loved us taught us. And little by little, I start to understand more what's going on. I stopped teaching for one whole year. For one whole year, I said, that's it. I am taking a break. I need to get myself whole. I need to feel, I need to be, I need to come out of the world. I stayed home. Let me pause you for a second. Did you feel any anxiety or disconnection, depression, like not authentic at the time? I felt great. I knew this So what made you pause? I told, I, I don't know. I felt like I was on this train of perfection, on this train of I'm not in the right direction, that I needed to pivot. And the only way I was able to pivot, if I paused, I needed to regroup. I needed to get myself back together. I was tired. I was tired. Was it because you felt like you were not teaching authentically what you really, your heart was, or your energy wasn't like you were in Hebrew, it says one in the heart, one in the mouth. Did you feel like what you were teaching was, didn't feel right for you inside? You got it. You got it. At that point, something didn't connect. I love how you noticed that about it. Something didn't connect. What I was doing was not how I was feeling. I no longer wanted to say legless, smaller thighs, but instead I wanted to say legless because it feels good. I wanted to have the joy of movement. I wanted to say, love yourself in class. I didn't want to say more and more. If it doesn't hurt, it's not worth it. If it doesn't hurt, there's no gain. I didn't want to say those words anymore. And as I was learning, I said, you know what? I needed to pause. I needed to pivot. I needed to make a change. During that time, this is so fantastic. During that time, I said, what if, and this was a very scary, but I was ready for it. What if I didn't go on any diets? What if I threw away every book I owned that taught me about health and wellness? Wow. And I did it. Three black garbage bags filled with my whole collection of books and magazines that I lived for. That was my guide. That was my rule book. Everything. Garbage. I said, this is garbage. If I'm binge eating, this is garbage. This is not making me healthy. And I believed it with all my heart, with all my heart. And I even have a picture of it. Maybe I could show it to you. I saved it. I have a picture of the garbage bags. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. Freedom. I'm Free. ready to buy freedom. That's freedom because this is, this is not what, what healthy feels like. This does not make sense. Doesn't make sense. And then I started to exercise more when I felt like it instead of when I had to. That was very new for me. I came from the world of you ate it, you negate it. I came from the world of burn those calories, count those calories. I said, what if I didn't do that? What would happen? Let me see. So I was certain that I would become fat. I was absolutely certain. And at that time, to me, fat was not a nice word. Now I learned differently. I said, I am certain I'll become fat. But guess what? The world will just have to accept Sari being fat. That's it. That's it. Because I will not binge. It was that worth it to me. It was that worth it. Did your family think you lost your mind? They're like, oh no, midlife crisis. She's going out of her mind. We're worried about her. She's doing 180 on us. Where has Sari gone? I think they liked me better. 
I think they liked me better. I, I, I was softer. I was able to go out for dinner without feeling, oh, no, I can't. I was able to travel. I didn't have to bring my paraphernalia with me. Wow. I didn't have to carry my food with me. I didn't have to carry measuring scales. I used to take my scale and my luggage. Oh, my God. I mean, oh really. Oh, my God. Really. Okay, so those bags were really freedom throwing them out mm -hmm. because you just there was no Sari showing up on her own besides when she was shamed binge eating. That was her only time that she was showing up and who wants to show up authentically in shame never and the best part about it was uh, during that time i said i am going to eat what i want when i want and how much i want that that's new that was like radical what do you mean you're gonna eat what i felt that normal people in the world do eat like that i just wanted to be like that and i used to investigate people who do eat like that i have family members who do eat like that i'm like could she really be eating a bagel and cream cheese and look like that? I couldn't right. believe it. So I started to do things like the most simplest things that I can't say that everyone listening to this would feel this way, but I know there's a lot of people who do. And simple things like I just wanted to have a tuna fish sandwich with mayonnaise on white bread. With real mayonnaise, <laughs> extra light. I didn't want whole bread. I just wanted that. And little by little, I started to eat those types of food that I really missed and craved. And I became healthier. I became healthier, healthier minded. And now my food choices, like that whole system, like I could eat whatever I want. I make healthier choices. You had to rebel against it in order to come to center. You had to go to the extreme. You were craving, as you said, you're craving. I, I once spoke to, I um, interviewed a nutritionist and she says, you cannot hate yourself into a diet because it's never going to work. Never. And, not, and diets don't work. And it is proven that 95% of people fail. And guess what? It's not them who fail. It's the diets who fail. So every time, and this is another, I love statistics because it gets me wild, but every January this year, exactly how we're speaking, about 28 million Americans start a diet plan right now in January. Because they, yeah, no news beginning. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's like putting out the messages, try this, try that. But the thing is by January 15th, nine out of 10 of those people are already like off it. They just don't work. We need something new and it's about acceptance. It's about accepting your body. What I did in essence was accepting my body where it would be, how it would be, no matter what. Unconditional love and not hate. Unconditional. And I think that's an important factor right now in this world in 2020. One, conditional love, no matter what. And it's important. And is that what you mentor and teach and course constantly? How self-acceptance, self-love. And once you're so connected to yourself and you know yourself so well, and you're not trying to be something that you're not, you will start loving yourself so well that you're going to make the right choices, not because you want skinny thighs, but because you really understand that it's better for you, not for the skinny thighs, but for your energy, for your, for whatever it is. Absolutely. And I don't know if you just saw Cosmopolitan magazine. It's like a big thing going on right now that they put plus size models on their magazine covers. A lot of controversy about that. But what I put on my post was imagine I grew up with seeing images like that instead of the seriously anorexic bodies that I saw. That's not healthy. So why are people calling plus size models unhealthy? Like it doesn't make sense to me. So I think we need to see all bodies and really 
feel comfortable with shapes, with shapes. And this goes for moms too. This is a very big thing because a lot of times moms try to control the way their kids look. Because the world, they want to protect them from the world that doesn't believe what they believe yet. And they're like, who's going to love you? Who's going to be your friend? How, you're going to be bullied. You need to get married. I know in the Orthodox world, yes, it's huge. If you're over a size six, you won't be able to get a choice of who to date. It's awful. But here's the thing that I want moms to know and people to know that if you eat what you want, when you want, it's proven that your body rests at its natural, easy shape that's easy to maintain. And most often people don't want that natural shape. I was really trying for a certain size, like the number was in my head. And then I came back to my shape where I am right now, which is so easy exercise, I exercise, I eat, I don't eat. I like, it just became easy. So I want moms and girls to know that if you honor your hunger and you honor your fullness and you accept where you are, your body will be just perfect and you'll be really happy with it. I think it's an important message. I think what a lot of people are going to listen to this and say what I'm thinking in my mind, what I can eat a whole babka, what I can eat a whole pie of pizza. Oh my God, was she Sari out of her mind? I'm going to be 400 pounds. Of course not. This is not what Sari is saying. And I want to clarify because this is ex not it. If you can't start when you can't start eating what you want when you don't love yourself, when you don't, when you don't accept yourself. And the first I mean, you could, but you might struggle with it and then hate the and, and guilt yourself. Oh, no, I just ate the babka. Why did you eat that whole babka? What was going on internally? What was bothering you when we know what is going into our mouth and the reason behind and that self-image, like you were saying, you were binge eating because you were craving it. I was literally hungry. And you were upset because it didn't make sense to you because you didn't accept your body for what you were, for Sari. You were accepting the body as what Vogue or whatever magazine would say, size two is gorgeous. Bikini figure is gorgeous. That's gorgeous. And I want to be that. And if I'm an instructor, I have to be gorgeous. It's very common in the worlds of athletes, instructors, Olympian athletes, the more rigorous where you are in the athletic scale is a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Models, right. models have eating disorders for models to very unhealthy measures. I don't even want to say it. So I don't want to give anyone ideas, but it has to come if there's, if there are two diets that you are going to choose from, if it's a health versus self-love, go to the self-love diet. It's self-acceptance. So Sari, tell me how you work with teenagers and adults on this. Like, how do you reach program us? Like, how do you teach us, educate us to really practice self-acceptance? So I do a couple of different things in lots of different ways based on what, where somebody is in their life. If somebody's coming to me for body image and food issues, we always start with the 95%. Always. We don't even talk about food until midway because once you have the 95% in order, then everything else will fall into place easily. And a lot of times clients and groups might say, wait, we just want to talk about food and exercise and whatever. I'm like, let's get the 95%. Are you journaling? Are you meditating? Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Things that where you could become your best friend, where you could connect with your best self. Are you doing the work? And once you yes. do the work, everything else falls into place. And one of the most powerful tools that I have amongst 
journaling and meditating is a practice with positive affirmations that has really taken my community by surprise because they're like, what is this mother, grandmother doing on social media screaming? And I seem like they really thought I was a wacko, which I, and you know what? But those are the tools that I used that I just kept on saying, I am powerful beyond measure. I am stronger than I seem. I am braver than I think. And I am blessed with all I need. Those are the words that I use. And I put it on post-it notes and I put it everywhere and I reprogram my brain. So it's a, I teach a class, it's called Intensati, which means intention with mindfulness. And because I come from the fitness arena, because I have musicality, and because I have all that going on, I put, we put those words to music and dance and fun to feel inspired. And the kids love it. The moms love it. I have classes of all ages. I've taught this to seniors. I've taught this to special children. I taught this to three-year-olds, to 15-year-olds, to 30-year-olds, to all of the above. And it is the most empowering experience that I have ever encountered. It's like my secret weapon. This is the tool that I use, that I give. I teach in a Flatbush High School under brain health. We learn about the brain and neuroplasticity mm -hmm. and how our brain mm -hmm. is, is malleable and we can change it and we can work it. And every time we learn something about the brain and then I give them empowering words and then we do it, I have them I have them write down an essay format because it is a school and it needs to be graded. How they feel before, how they feel during, and how they feel after. 100% of the time, they feel empowered, they feel focused, they're ready to do their homework, they're ready to feel good about themselves. This is the work that I do. I have a course, I have classes, I have Zoom classes, I have Positivity Girls Clubs, everything about putting in the positive. And once we have that, the food part where everybody struggles with becomes easier. It's a, a byproduct that just falls into place. And you no longer need really a coach because you're your own coach. You have all the answers inside you. Absolutely. Every day in a very true way, we co-create our own reality. It's all within us. I am enough. I have enough. These are the words that, that I have them using at all times. And it, it really feels good. Feels good. One of the things that I did learn about affirmations, especially with people that hate themselves. So we have a lot of teens that hate themselves and they really do. I hate who I am. I hate my image. I hate my family. I hate my mental illness. There's a lot of hate, not just dislike, hate. And the brain goes to shut down when we lie to it. If we hate ourselves, our when we'll say we're beautiful, we're powerful, we're everything, our brain is going to say, no, you're not. And then it shuts down. How do you go from the from that hate to the belief? Because affirmations have to be very tailored, made per person, and for order for them to be effective, we can't just say it if we don't start believing it or give a room to belief. Because then our room, our brain will not accept it. It's so true. So one of the things that I'll do is I'll try to have them tell me evidence on why is it true. Let's just use the words, I'm beautiful, because that seems to be a big trigger point. I'm beautiful. A lot of people don't believe that beautiful. But let's put in evidence where beauty is. Are you beautiful in your heart? Maybe you have beautiful hair that you just adore that you got from your grandmother. Where is the beauty? Let's start seeing the beauty. Let's start focusing on the positive, however small that positive is. Because mitzvah, goreret, mitzvah, 
Positivity builds upon positivity. So let's focus on the positive and see if you have beautiful eyes, your teeth. Someone has something that they could say about themselves that's beautiful. Are you kind? Do you do chesed? There's something that you do. Are you good in school? Are you good in math? There's something where you can find beauty in. And I'll do that with every affirmation that I bring. Where are you enough? Let's say, where are you enough? Is, is your body enough? Is your mind enough? Can you come in from that standpoint that I am enough today, no matter what? Even if you're coming from a standpoint that I'm enough for one minute of the day, let's start small. So it starts small and we gradually build upon it. And I think that's okay. a great way to go to that segue because I've seen crying in my class. No, I'm not enough. I one time had a mom who was like, I'm not enough. I can hardly get dinner on the table. And then we but do you put breakfast on? Do you have food in the fridge? What do you have that is enough? And let's stop building upon that. Do you ever find that there's pushback on that for a teenager and say, there's nothing I can find that's good about me? Or you can always find them to, even when they're suicidal and they're like, I, I'm not, I'm, sometimes I deal with teenagers that say to me, I'm just, a pain for the universe. Aww. The universe will be a better place without me. And they believe it to their core that they have nothing to give to the universe, to anybody around them. Is there any way to really break it down with them, to switch it? To, as you say, give me one thing. How they say when Abraham went to God and said, it's one person, if we started with 150, 10 to save Sodom. Give me one thing inside you that's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the way to begin is that they need to be inspired to do the work. They want to, they need to want it. They need to want it. They need to be empowered by themselves to do the work. Nobody else could do it for them. Yes. And I do have a, a girl who constantly reaches out to me, but will never, has never come to my program. And she knows that I could help her, but she won't step her foot in. And there comes a point that I'm just telling you have to do the work. I could teach you the work. I could hand it to you. You need to listen to the audios. You need to retrain your brain. You need to put the post-it notes up. You need to get that empowerment feeling that you can do it, even if it's for one minute a day. Start small. It can happen, but it needs that person that will inspire them, that will get to them, and that they could say, yes, I am going to step into the zone this year, and I'm going to do it. Yeah, you're 100%. And we say this so often on this podcast, that no one can want it more than you. And you want the results. But you know what, we all did the work in order to get to where we were. And no one did it. For, there's no magic. There's no magic. no magic. There's only hard work, the hard work. And in order the resilience to get through it is when you repeat when you don't see the results, you have to want it so badly that you continue doing the work when you don't see the results. And you keep on showing up because you want it, because you want it badly. So what, Sari, what do you tell parents that come to you and like, oh, my daughter, she's so depressed. She's being bullied. She needs, I, I want her to work with you. She doesn't want to work. How, what do you tell these parents when the children don't want to work with you? They don't want to do the work, but the parents are saying, seeing that they're drowning and they know that they could save them if they do the work. What do we do then? I would work with the parents. I'd work with the parents on how they can help their child in a roundabout way. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Instead of, so for example, instead of saying, oh, you really should go and show them, spotlight them where they're yeah. start planting the seeds, how beautiful they are inside, outside, what they're good at. Come 
complement overdose and naturally they're going to awaken. Yeah, teach the parents about journaling, teach parents about meditation. Maybe they could do it on Shabbat, listening at the den right after lunch. Put these things in little places so a child can grow up with this. And when, as they age and get older, they can say, oh, I always did this with my mom and dad. Oh, we did this as a family. I'd love families to learn these tools. That is really what creates the change when families work together. Oh, I love that so much. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps because this is, this I think is the most important message that we need to say, because we as parents, as adults, as mentors, as teachers, we're being watched. We're being watched. Like they'll pick up our negative. Even if we're 99% positive, they'll pick up the 1% negative and they're going to focus on that. So we have to really lead by example, lead by example. And when we are healthy, they're going to want to become something like us. Absolutely. 100%. I encourage moms, dads, siblings to come together, to band together, to do this together in a fun way. I, I find often that not everybody wants to, you have to give something up. You might have to pay. You might have to give up your time. You have to give up some energy. Yeah, It's something that needs to be focused on, but it's important. The same way you might buy a birthday present and you took the time out to buy that present, buy a journal buy an audio, buy a couple of classes, do something for the child that they can grow into. To me, that's the most important gift that you could ever give. It's all about that 95%. That 5% comes and goes, it changes along life. It, it'll never stay forever. Right. It's something that we can continuously hold on to for the rest of our lives. And I think that's where we need to think most of. And also the 95% is our vessel that we keep on repolishing. We keep on making sure that it has energy in it to hold the next stage in life or hiccups in life or instabilities. We're creating a vessel of a human that can say, bring on life and I'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. 100. And it happens and life does happen. And we need to be ready for it. We need to be strong. We need to have that belief system. We need to train our brains. I call it brain fitness. The same way you might do jumping jacks, which I do. I teach fitness classes, but I also teach brain fitness. And that's something we need to work on. And it takes work. Envisioning. Write about your future self. Who do you want to be? And really follow that roadmap. It takes work, but it, it's really exciting. I, I love it because you do see the proof in the pudding. After you do it and you wait a year or so, the things that you wrote about come true. It comes into vision. It's just amazing. It's, it's amazing. You teach yourself that you can believe in change. You can believe in hope. You can believe in dreams. You act upon things in order to dream. Suddenly life doesn't happen to you. You're happening with life from what you created for yourself. And it really is that 95% that you talk about. And I think the world is waking up again like really waking up now because I said, especially after Corona, mental health awareness and mindfulness and all that stuff has been for the last 10, 15 years have come a very long way. Like now it's not so strange. 15 years ago, when you spoke about meditation, if you didn't live in, in like the far East, you were like, oh, you do meditation? Oh, you're weird. You're like, oh my God, oh, she's fruity. She's like out there. Now, 
kids could talk about it. Adults could talk about it. We're aware of the energies. We're aware of mindfulness. We're more attracted to it. We want to energy healing is becoming more and more um, of a real thing. And people are like, wait, this neuroplasticity really works. It really, this is really a thing. Like maybe the medication can go down a little bit if we up the dose of our brain exercise that you talk about. And it's a real thing. So we woke up a lot, but I think in 2021, you know what? I have to say this over here. I didn't have a chance to say it. Maybe I did say it a few episodes ago. The end, the beginning of 2020, nothing happened with Corona. Corona wasn't even here. It was a China little bit. I didn't even hear about it. I didn't hear about it until we flew to Florida for winter break in the end of January. And my husband's like, my husband's very OCD. He cleans, he never shakes anybody's house, hands, and he's like spraying everything. Whenever we fly, whenever we fly a lot, he always comes with a tiny little alcohol spray, tiny little one, and he sprays. And he has a little Ziploc bag of um, wipes, and he's wiping off the seatbelts, the arms. No one's allowed to sit down <laughs> until Ari sprayed everything. This is pre-corona, okay? This is pre-corona. In January, everybody's looking at him like he's insane, okay? And I always have a video. I take a video and I send it to my sisters and we make fun of it. Oh, here's Ari again, once again, with his like cleaning. And I... and last time when we flew in January 2020, he's like scrubbing. I'm like, Ari, like you're really going at it this time. He's like, have you not heard that millions of people are dying in China? I said, no, I haven't. He's like, you don't listen to the news. So let me give you newsflash. Millions of people are dying and there's this thing. And Okay, fine. So before it even came to America, 2020, January 1st, we, uh, my husband and I have a tradition that every New Year's we go New Year's Day to the city. We walk around, it's quiet. After the ball drops, everybody's sleeping, everybody's like really out. And we get up early and we go, we walk around the city, we go out for lunch and we have a great time. And I said, you know what, Ari? I was very into F for like affirmation, I goals, big goals, small goals. I said, you know what my goal is for this year? I said, my goal is, and I wrote it down. I have a whole thing, 20 in January. I wrote it down on Facebook. And I said, my goal for this year, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to start every morning with a smile and every day with a smile and increase my smiles every day, no matter what happens to me. I want to see the energy shift and I'm going to document it. And I called it a smile a day. That was my goal. I said, I'm not giving any other goal for this year besides a smile a day. And I had to, no matter how angry I was at someone, I had to go to sleep with a smile, with gratitude. I always practice gratitude. It's one of my 100%, I, I live it. But I needed to go to sleep with a smile and wake up with a smile. And I wanted to see the energy shift. Can it be more of an uh, like perfect year to implement that? Really? And people thought I was insane. People thought I was insane. Okay, that's your goal. Fast forward 2021, most of the goals that I'm seeing now on people, I want to be more calmer. I want to accept more. I'm going to be more present. I'm going to be kinder. I'm going to give of my time. Suddenly there's a shift for goals that are more spiritual and mindful versus I'm going to make uh, $200,000. I'm going to get 500 more clients. I'm going to climb Himalaya. I'm going to run three marathons. That we do see as much, but I'm seeing tons and tons of goals that are have to do with the mind. And 2020 taught us that the 95% that you talk about is everything. Sleep with a smile. I think that's what everyone would want. 
And now I want to tell you something. How much could we have done during 2020? Hardly any. It was one of the most productive years yeah. without even noticing. I went back and I, I looked at my dream list. Almost everything came true. Yeah. There was one dream that I couldn't come true because of China that were closed and it was in the factory. Fine. I said, it's not meant to be. It's not only that it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't the right time for me. It was just, it was perfect. God paused it for me. But I didn't even look at my dream list until the end of 2020. I didn't, I wasn't even mindful. It just shows that what you're saying about the 95 to the five, everything falls into place because you make the right choices. You lead with a positive energy. You lead with, you lead with clarity. What you thought you want suddenly becomes something that you don't want at all. You focus your energy where it makes you feel good. Yeah. It's so funny. Everything you're saying was about a class I taught this morning about our energy signature that everything we do revolves around our energy signature and, and that it's pliable. It's changed. You can change it. You can wake up in the morning grumpy, but you know what? That's your choice. You could create a choice to change that. It's a little bit of work and it's a little bit of, of you have to put your focus on it and the move that we went with it literally went like that. I focus on the positive. And the reason we do that is like we're creating like an arrow, something we're focusing on. So a lot of times the words that I'm using in the affirmations has a movement involved with it. it it's really a lot of fun to, to find that focus and empowerment that you can create your energy signature. And then you sleep with a smile because everybody wants a better day. We all do. Everybody. Right. No one wants to be the victim unless they don't want to do the work in order to be the thriver. So I want to just, I'm going to ask you two last questions. Sari, did you ever have a teenager or an adult that came to you depressed with either bulimia, anorexia, eating disorder that did your work and really healed? Yes. <laughs> Those are the best. Those are the best. Yeah. I had a, actually a group of teenagers that I had them go through some work from a beginning to the end. I had them actually document because I, I like people to see their progress. So I had them document where they are from the minute they came in, put it on the paper. I feel awful. I feel terrible. I feel all those awful mm -hmm. things that we don't even want to talk about. I said, put it out there. And every time we did the work and I taught them week by week, every single week, one thing on top of the other. And I taught them patience and consistency just show up with no expectations. We don't even want to know what the end results will be. What will be, will be. And after about nine or 10 months of working every week, now this was the most phenomenal group I ever had. It was, they showed up and after time, their energy shifted, their mind shifted. They thought better about their bodies. They ate better. They felt better. They moved better. They began exercising for love. They began more self-healing. They ended one girl who was having a hard time with binge eating, totally healed from it, like to heal from binge eating. And I gave them like interesting exercises to do because it's hard to get off of food rules. One of the girls I said, she's like, how can I ever eat ice cream? Now, let me tell you, I used to binge on ice cream like you have no idea. Since I started this, I can't even remember the last time I had ice cream. It's, it's just, it's like when you can have one of those things. So I had to go stand online at Carvel. I go stand online. She's like, I'll get fat. I go, tell me how many people are obese having Carvel. And she's like, most of the people were actually skinny. You know, now I had them do different types of exercises, not only brain fitness, but life things. Like just go into life and let's find evidence. Let's find evidence. And day by day, things shift, things shift. What are you grateful for? 
Put it on a poster note. Let's all share. Let's compliment each other. Let's do, and here's one more thing, because I know that you said, what do you do if somebody can find someone, something within themselves that they could compliment? I'll have somebody else in the group find it. Yeah, find it for them. Because a, a best friend or a friend can see things that sometimes you can't. So now we bring it out, and now we exchange post-it notes. Everyone said something about each other. And you know what? After time, after nine months of getting those accumulative post-it notes from each other. Wow. Wow. It, it's powerful. Powerful. A lot of fun. Yeah. How many years are you doing this? I would say I got trained in Intensati, which is the brain fitness, 10, 11 years ago. How do you say it? Intensati? I... T-E-N-S-A-I-T, intensati. What language is I know, that? It's some sort of Sanskrit. It's two words put in. Inten comes from intention, and sati is mindfulness. Who created it? Patricia Moreno. She is the creator of intensati. I'm a lead instructor, verified thing. I have to tell you, when I first learned it, I was like, what am I doing? I'm just screaming stuff. I don't get it. But there was something in me that I said, I don't know what it is. But, I, but something's shifting. Something is shifting. I don't know what, but I... It took a long time for me to embody it myself. So I understand how people can go from awkward, just mechanical doing the movements to embodied, which is what you want to get ultimately. And when I look at some of my videos that I have of my groups, typically my, my videos of teens, because I, women don't like to be videoed, so I respect that. But when I hear them screaming, I am beautiful, it's like believable, believable unbelievable because our language and our words shift the way we feel and the way we feel shifts our emotions and our emotions shifts our results just from boom so it's it's an exciting 100 percent. i want to add to that that people don't understand that when we do the neuroplasticity and the brain exercise i it's funny i call i always call it the brain exercise because it has to be constant and you have to constantly dwell in that brain exercise and notice your thoughts notice who you're who who are you hanging out with what are you inviting into your mind you have to be you have to be your owner of your mind and allow what's going to come, what thoughts, what am I reading? What, who am I hanging out with? What, when we do the mind exercise, our relationships get very clear who's good for us and who not our boundaries are become really clear what's good for us because something changes. And then we just, as you say, like positive leads to positive. We just start making the right decisions. And just like food falls into place, boundaries falls into place, decisions kind of fall into place, our um, life choices fall into place. And it comes with clarity. Sarah's saying yes. You're I am saying yes. Peacefulness that you know your direction and you know where you want to go, you know who you want to be. And it's a beautiful peaceful feeling and i hope all our children can live with this i honestly do i yeah when we self-love ourselves others can love us but if we don't love ourselves it is almost impossible to have people love us and then we're like why doesn't people why do I, why are we not loved why do we feel not loved because we don't love ourselves very important as a whole to be okay with imperfections be okay with failure failure is growth to be okay with being human 
the way you started saying this about being human, we're all human. And I think it's important that we start seeing, visually seeing real cellulite, real legs. What a real, what does real skin look like? And I think that will shift, a powerful shift on the way we have plastic surgery, which is, oh my gosh, it's up more than ever. Dangerous surgeries. I don't want to judge anyone for anything that anybody does. We have to come in from a space that we are looking to stop things that are harmful for us, like dieting, eating disorders, harmful surgeries, hating ourselves, and step into a zone of self-acceptance, self-love, unconditional love, being okay with being human, and being friends with ourselves. I think that's where, where we're going right now. Sari, what does hope mean to you? Is that every day I wake up with inspiration, to feel inspired to do my work no matter what, to feel inspired when setbacks come in to just every day step forward with inspiration because i think that's what pulls us forward when we have that inspiration we step into it it fills up my life beautiful where can people find you online people could find me on my website saridanaNYC.com, on zen sari on my instagram account facebook so easy and accessible i give out my text number i'm like i'm pretty much like your best friend you just text me or you set everything up i love connecting with people i love working with teens with kids with moms, with families, with siblings, with friends. There are so many powerful ways where we could come together. I definitely work individually, but I find there is power in a group. There's something about a community that is all working on the same goals and that we feed off of each other. I work now, I would say, 99% of my work is on Zoom. So it's so easy and so accessible after school, a Sunday morning, and after an after hours class. It just it really works out to, I think, our favor. And I wonder so much, I'm probably going to keep a lot of this Zoom going on because it works. It's fun. Yeah. And it makes people show up easier because they're like, I do I have to go out of the house? What not? This way they can they could be there, but they're not really there. So that breaks that first initial scarcity of almost yeah. like the scary moment of commitment. Yeah. So it's easy to commit on Zoom. Exactly. I'd love to just bring in uh, the Body Love Recipe course in case anyone is really interested in that. It's an eight-week session that I walk them week by week from exactly what we spoke about from the 95% to the 5% because we want everything, right? We bring in every part of it. So that's a group that I have for teens and adults. And I have twice a week at 930 in the morning that we do the positive affirmations with the cardio so that women like to join because it's 930 a.m. It's exercise, it's brain fitness, it's powerful stuff. And, and anytime somebody wants to have a party or a celebration or a get together, a mother and daughter, a mother Thursday event. I love working around things like that and creating a specialized event for that family or that group. And I, I think that it's a lot of fun and I get inspired to do that. Custom made for you. Sari, what do you have for teenagers if they want to join afternoon, like in a group? If a teenager feels like, okay, you know what, with everything that's going on now, there's the gyms are not open so much. They want more of a group setting. What do you have for teenagers? Yes, Monday nights at 6 p.m. They can join me on Zoom. Easy and accessible, valuable, valuable price range that anyone can afford. And if for some reason somebody can't, 
you just call me and I make it happen. I want everyone. It's true though. It's true. I want everyone to be included. I don't want anybody to be left out. And sometimes like a mom has two or three daughters. We create a price for them. I just want things to work. What happens at six o'clock? Oh, six Eastern time. Yes. And, and what happens in the Zoom? Give us like a yeah. one minute. Absolutely. So start off with the gratitude of what is going well. Everybody has a chance to speak, to speak what's going on with their day. So often teens, they don't have time to talk to anyone or they don't have anybody to literally talk to. So we get to talk to each other and we get to congratulate each other on what's done well. We have a focus that we work on each and every week. It's about consistency or a focus that you're working on or an empowerment word or something that will uplift them. And then I take them through an empowerment experience that we're using positive language, positive words, affirmations, fun dance moves that they could work with and have fun. And then I take them into a visualization. This is amazing stuff into a visualization of where they want to put their life into a journaling experience. It is the most profound type of work you've ever seen into journaling. We close up the class by putting in an intention of what's the one thing they want to work on this week. And then we meet again the following. And they talk about their progress and where they fell yeah. short and where they want to work better and where it was hard for them. Open conversation. Fabulous. Don't wait until you're 30 <laughs> or 40 to do this. Don't wait for a life crisis to do this. Don't wait. Start early. It's fun. It's just fun. And it, it creates such positive energy in the person. And I, I can't, okay, I'm going to go into another two hours well, about talking well, about it. I just it want to add one last thing. And I yes. also do this for school. Okay. So I want even during Corona, either on Zoom or as things open in person. I've done about 10 schools in the past and I've booked for a couple of more coming up and I'm so excited. We take each grade at a time and I give it age focused and we have a great time. The school loves it, especially in the yeshiva worlds. A lot of this type of thing doesn't happen. It's so important. Yeah. Yeshiva is a lot. I've went to yeshiva my whole life and I know the missing link. We all learned how to love our friends. But right. we learn how to love ourselves. Exactly. It starts a hundred percent. How long when someone joins, how long is it gonna how long is the course for? Is it you come and go as you wish. Is it three months to sign up for one month? And every month you have a choice to redo. Most people love to redo. We go according to the Jewish calendar, to the school calendar. September is usually choppy, but then we get into it October, November. But yeah, we join as a month. So after one month, you have this nice rounded picture and we keep on moving forward. Sari, thank you so much for teaching us, inspiring us and motivating us to create better generations to come and becoming better vessels and and focusing on that 95%. Now, everything I'm going to do, I'm going to look at that. Nine. I'm going to ask myself, is it the 5% or, and it's a very good exercise that you should ask yourself, is this part of 95% or is this part of 5%? Where are you holding? Check in, do a self check-in, right, Sarah? Absolutely. Thank you so much. If you know any teenager, any mom, any teacher, any school, educator, mentor, or maybe a real instructor that needs to hear this, forward this to them. You might help someone become the best human they can become just by listening to this. Thank you. Take care. 
Thank you for listening till the end. We highly appreciate all of our listeners. And Mental Health Together is better. You being here means a tremendous amount to us. If you enjoyed this episode and you want some extra boost of information and inspiration that is not on the podcast, you can go to our website, hopetorecharge.com. There's some premium content that for the cost of a cup of coffee, you can download some amazing information that will help you, a tool that will guide you through life. So don't skip a beat. Don't hesitate. Go to hopetorecharge.com and see what other offerings we have there for your mental health well-being. Thank you for joining us. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to say thank you, the best way of gratitude will be by you leaving a review or a comment or sharing this with a loved one. There is no greater form of gratitude for us. Thank you. Bye till next time.